Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the United States Sports Show Lacrosse Edition. My name is Joe Marchalina, and joining me, as always, when we talk boys lacrosse is Dairyfield AD and head coach Chris Hetler. Chris, how are you doing? Joe, I'm doing great, buddy. Checking in with you from uh, sunny San Diego here. 75 <laughs> and sunny every day, man. You can't beat it. I may, uh, I don't know. I may, this might be a retirement spot out here. <laughs> yeah, you say that as, uh, as, uh, here in Nashville, where uh, it just started downpouring, I heard a few uh, rumbles of thunder, uh, and uh, uh, you know we don't usually lose power uh, in this part of Nashua, but uh, I got my fingers crossed that uh, this would be the one time that we did. Uh, well, just... you know we'll have to roll if we if it happens we'll roll with it and maybe <laughs> uh, maybe we'll cut it out and the, and the listeners will never know. They will never know. <laughs> yeah, you'll never know. Uh, all right, well, uh, so this is uh, going to be our last show for uh, the spring of 2023. I'm uh, going to wrap up a few things here and, and take a look ahead to next week. But, uh, you know, if you find yourself in need of listening to uh, the Ninth State Sports Show uh, over the summer, you, of course, can go back to uh, wherever you get your podcast, uh, including Spotify or Odyssey or onto the website, uh, and uh, just search for Ninth State Sports Show. You can go back and listen to as many podcasts as you want. And uh, don't forget that you can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at, at NHHS Sports. And you can send feedback or any questions that you might have uh, moving forward, uh, podcast-related or not, uh, by sending an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com. Now let me take a moment to tell you about our sponsor. The Ninth State Sports Show is proudly sponsored by Prolax Customs Lacrosse. Prolax Custom Lacrosse is the place to go in southern New Hampshire for professional stick stringing and custom dyed lacrosse heads. Prolax Customs has access to every major brand of lacrosse head and mesh, including ECD, String King, and even the new Armor Mesh. And goalies, if you're looking for an upgraded pocket or a brand new stick, Prolax Customs is the place to go. You can find them online at ProlaxCustoms.com or follow them on Instagram or Facebook or send an email to ProlaxLacrosse at gmail.com. Want to say uh, thanks to Joe again too for uh, for sponsoring the show again this year. Um, you know, a big help, and and I hope that uh, well, from what it sounds like, he's he's uh, he's not been lacking for uh, for business. It's been a great partner. It's been a great partnership. <laughs> yes, you know, we it really is. appreciate Joe. We really appreciate Joe's support, and um, you know, I think I, you know the listeners have definitely kept him busy. Um, you know, he's had he's had a ton of work this spring. It's been great. I love seeing all the posts. You know high school and college players uh you know with his with his dyed sticks and, and the string jobs that he does showing up all over the place in, in both college and high school games it's uh pretty cool to see he does a great job you know whether whether you want a custom dyed stick or, or whether you just need you know uh a new pocket that you can roll right out with and play in a game he's your man it's a very very uh big thank yous to to him and uh, hopefully we can keep that going uh on into next season or into next school year uh, but before we get to next school year, let's, uh, well, I, I, I guess uh, before before all that, um, I know you and I texted a little bit last week, um, you know, uh, about some more national lacrosse news, um, you know, about someone that, that you guys, uh, the Dairyfield team, was able to meet this year that we featured in the first episode of the season uh, on your trip out to New York, and that was uh, Alfie Jakes, uh, un- unfortunately passed Alfie away. Alfie Jakes, yeah. 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 Um, Unfortunately, passed away a couple of weeks ago. Um, just was I, I didn't know if you had any thoughts that you wanted to share. You know, I know you I, like you said you got to meet him uh, not too long ago, um, and it seemed like um, he was just a 
fantastic man uh, and, and just really loved the game of lacrosse. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, I, I actually knew Alfie for a long time growing up in, in upstate New York, growing up in the Syracuse area. Um, Alfie was obviously a legend up there, you know, not only for his stick making, but but as a player. Um, you know, he, he was a goalie. He was a field player. Um, but he really just loved spreading the game. And, um, you know, he was very generous with his time all the way up to the end. Um, we had come, you know, the years we don't go out, go down to Florida, we had taken trips to upstate New York. And this year we went and uh, visited him again. And, you know, we had been talking throughout the year and we weren't sure we were going to be able to make it happen. He had, he had been feeling kind of sick. He had been battling cancer for a while. And obviously we, we wanted to respect that and didn't want to make him feel uncomfortable, but he called me, you know, about a, a week or two before we were coming. It's like, Chris, you know, I'm feeling good enough. would love to have the boys come down. And so we did, we got a chance to come down there. And, you know, at the time I, I could tell he wasn't feeling great, but you know, he, he did an amazing job with the kids. He really kind of showed the history of the game. Um, you know, he hadn't been actually building sticks for a while now. And, you know, he got out and, and did some time on, on his, um, he showed the kids how, how he carved the sticks and, um, you know, brought out his collection. And, you know, again, he really didn't need to do that, but um, he made time because he knew it was going to be a special thing for these guys to see the history of the game and, and to try and get them to really appreciate the roots of the game. And he did that for a lot of different people. Um, so it's just an incredible loss for the lacrosse community. Um, I'm out at the World Games right now, and obviously the, the Haudenosaunee are out here, and they're putting on a, a tremendous display. They had a great game against uh, the U.S. and another great game against Canada last night. They certainly are a contender. And um, all the opening ceremonies and everything that they've been doing um, has had a, an even bigger importance around it. They've, they've been playing for Alfie. They've, they've, there's been a remembrance um, for him within within the nation there, what they're doing uh, out here right now. So, um a no lack, no lack of uh, remembrance for, for Alfie out here. But again, you know, just can't thank him enough for everything that, that he did for not only our team, but just for the lacrosse community in general. And, and we'll certainly really be missed. Yeah. Th- thanks to him. And, and, and I, I would say thanks to, to you and, and your team as well for, um, you know, I, I honestly, I didn't know much about him until, you know, you, you guys, you told me you were going out there. I looked into it a little bit. We were fortunate to get some video, um, you know, into, like I said, that first episode of the, the season and got to share it with, you know, folks that maybe didn't know uh, what he was doing or what he was about uh, up here. Um, and I, I feel really fortunate that, that that's something that now um, that your guys can go on and look yeah. back at, um, you know, if they want to think about, you know, or, or, or try to remember what, what that trip, that part of the trip was like. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad I, I think it was definitely – you know, def- definitely a really it was it was a really special uh, part of the trip even even before everything happened. And now I, I think the kids realize how lucky they were to get to meet him and and to get to experience that part of it. And for those that, that didn't, um, there is a lot. Like if you if you just go online, there are all kinds of videos. And and I think you'll really get an idea of of why he was special and what he what he brought to the game um, there. So. But yeah, so, you know, obviously that was a that was a sad way to start. But, um, you know, being here, being out in San Diego and seeing all the the countries from around the world, 86 different teams now uh, being represented. They're not all here, but there are 86, 86 different nations participating in lacrosse, fully, uh, fully funded, um, you know, governing bodies and, and leading us towards hopefully getting lacrosse back in the Olympics um, there. So it's kind of neat. There are 30, 30 different nations here 
this week uh, that that had qualified for for the World Games, Scotland being one of them. And so we're out here right now. Yeah, the, you mentioned uh, wanting this to trying to spread the game as as far or as far and wide as possible. And and yeah, just I think this is um, you know a great way to show that. I've I've tried keeping up with what's been going on, but you know. It's uh, it's like the uh, it's almost like March Madness on steroids. Um, you it, know, it really you, is. You have it's an two, awesome format. Yeah, yeah. You have two days of March Madness where there's a ton of games, but this is going on. What day? We're in day five or day six, and it's and, uh, let's see, it's day. We've played four. Well, counting opening opening ceremonies were day one, where U.S. where the U.S. and Canada right, played, right. and then we played four straight games. Five. So today would be the sixth straight game. That's what I think a lot of people don't understand is like. When, when, uh, when, you know, the current college format, right, we're starting earlier and earlier in January and February, right, because these teams only want to play one game a week and all this kind of stuff. These guys are playing a game a day. We played four yeah. straight games. We finally got a day off. We finally got a day off today. Uh, we find out who our next opponent is after, after the results from today are in. But, yeah, these guys, I mean, incredible athletes. I mean, the amount of time that they put into prepping themselves for this, uh, meals, hydration, strength and conditioning we have a physio with us out here right now um yeah just a, a, a tremendous amount of work and so i, I don't want to hear it from ncaa teams why they why they have to start in january or february when when playing one game a week it's ridiculous right yeah not just one game a week but like you said it's it's warm out there i'm watching some of these games you know you can see guys are uh you know it's taken a toll on them on some in some cases you know just the, you know what the different you know what the big difference is joe it's actually really it's actually really um it's actually really nice out here. It's like 75 sunny and breezy every day being by the ocean. However, I will tell you the UV index and I, I, you know, again, I had a science background, but like, I didn't really pay attention to it. (laughs) Holy cow. Like, um, yeah, I'll freely admit it. I I was a little light with the sunscreen the first day I got burnt and it's, uh, (laughs) that's the big difference out here. And, and like anything, if you have like the, the one o'clock or even the four o'clock game, it gets hot on the turf. It gets real hot. So yeah, four games in a row. If you have the evening games though, holy cow, what a, I mean, just a, a, with the breeze and the, and it cools off at night, great venues to play. But yeah, um, during the day it is, it is definitely taking a toll on these guys. Well, definitely looking forward to seeing how, uh, how your, your boys, the uh, Scotland uh, finish up out there. Uh, I know you, what you started with a pair of wins and then, yeah, we had a good win. We had a very good win over a, a talented Mexico team. There's, um, I'll, I'll have to send a link. Uh, I'll see if I can find it quick while we're talking. But each team, so the way it works out here, in order to qualify for a nation, uh, obviously, if you if you're a domestic player living in in that country, you you obviously can make the team that way. If you have a passport to a country, you you can qualify to be on the team that way. Or they also have what they call heritage players. So like if you're uh, direct mother or father or grandparent, one of your grandparents uh, came from that country, you're also eligible to play for, for that country. So, you know, that that's what makes the tournament kind of interesting to kind of see how teams go about building their rosters. Um, I know, for example, Scotland has been more true to trying to grow the game within the country there. And I, I mean that, I don't mean that as any indictment of any other country. Sure, but it's just, right. You know, there's a lot of um, some rosters are, are filled with Americans and, and other rosters aren't. And so it's kind of interesting to see how that, how that all plays out. Um, for example, like, uh, I'll have to send you the, um, the roster, but I mean, we basically played a PLL team the other day. Um, we played, uh, <laughs> we played Italy. They had DeLuca in net for them from the water dogs. Sure. Uh, they had, uh, Jeff trainer who played for the art. I think he's still on the archers. Um, 
they had Cuccinella, uh, Piatelli, um, they had, uh, I'm blanking now on names, but they, they had yeah, yeah, it's a country, a country where I think, you know, like that's, I was going to make a joke that, you know, you said, mentioned the grandparents or parents. So my, my dad could have played for the, the team Italy, uh, you know, with, with, if, if, uh, you yeah. know, if that had been the case. Yeah. So again, you know, it's not, I mean, the, the idea is to grow, grow the sport sure. and to get it there, but. Um, you know, I think it, it is tougher for countries that are, are making the commitment to really trying to grow it in the state and not go that route. Um, but again, you know, it's, it's really fun lacrosse. There are some very, very talented players out here. Um, Matt Balter, who's an assistant at, at Portsmouth, is playing on Israel right now. Eric Coburn from, from Londonderry uh, is playing on Team England right now. So there's, there's a lot of local, local – and again, Jeff Trainer, who, who's local, um, is, is playing for uh, Team Italy – so a lot of local guys have gotten an opportunity to get, I'm coaching. Um, it's a neat, really neat experience out there. Yeah. It's, it's been a lot of fun to, uh, to follow and, and we'll have to keep an eye on it wraps up. Uh, what with the championship game is on Saturday, the next, first, correct? next Saturday. Yep. Yeah, next yeah. Saturday. Yeah. So coming up yep. this Saturday, or this, this Saturday coming up. Right. Yep. So, all right. But yeah. Well, we're excited. We've done, we've done pretty well. You know, we, we, we beat, we beat a talented Mexico team. We had a, a good game with, uh, we beat up on Austria um, had a tough loss against Hong Kong. They've got a player um, who's going to be probably probably a starter at um, at Harvard next year on attack. Um, and then um, and then we dropped the you know we really proud of the effort the guys gave yesterday against a very talented Italy team. We we were able to you know give them a pretty good game for a half and and then they they pulled away at the sure. end. Um, so now we kind of uh, kind of await to see our next opponents and uh, you know excited you know we're 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 going to try and win three straight. All right. Well, uh, our, our, our uh, I guess, main purpose for today was to kind of give any final thoughts on uh, on this past spring. And, um, you know, I, I guess the big one for, for me uh, that we really, it, it, I guess we're so far removed from it, if you can believe it, that I, we really didn't talk about it a ton on the podcast. I know I've talked about it with some coaches, with some players, especially the seniors. Um, but, you know, you know we're, we just saw the class of 23 graduate. This is the group that, of course, lost their freshman year um, due to, to COVID and, and the season that was canceled. And I, I remember, look, remember um, you know, thinking during that season, it's like, man, when we finally get to 2023 and, and what are these kids, like, what's their experience going to have been like? What is, what is everything going to look like by then? And I, I feel like that went by in like the blink of an eye. Um, and, and I can't believe that we're already watching these kids move on. But I, I guess for, for you as a coach, what did you, I mean, when you think about this group, and you talked about it a lot, I think, with, you know, after the championship game, you know, that, that because of that missed year, you guys had to, you know, rebuild some culture. And I'm sure that was the same with a lot of schools, a lot of programs, not just lacrosse programs. And in many cases, it's probably still going on. Um, you know, there are some programs that are still trying to get that back. Yeah, to me, the biggest the biggest loss was just the, the amount of kids playing like we really I think it really kind of came to a head this year where you saw a lot of programs not have JV teams, um, which was really disappointing. I mean, traditional powerhouses, you know, I, I mean, it was shocking to see and, and not be, you know, uh, Dom's doing a great job at Hollis. But, the you know, to, to not see a program like Hollis Brookline have a JV team um, was pretty was pretty shocking. And there were a lot of other programs like that, too. Um, and again, it's no indictment on on the coaching or anything else that's going on. It's just like, 
kids didn't play for those, you know, for that year or two, you know, whether they were in middle school or younger. And now because it's such a skill-based sport, a lot of kids are nervous to come out and try it and, and you're not getting those kids. So I think over the next few years, hopefully we're going to see the numbers start to come back up again and those JV programs um, come back. But, but yeah, I think, you know, this was obviously a really special year for, for the seniors who did get to play this year because obviously they, they lost that freshman year, you know, and, and lost out on that. They really only got three years. You know, I look at some of the kids that graduated from my team this year and, and you start thinking about what their point totals would have been if they had gotten four years there, you know. So there, there's all kinds of things like that that uh, they missed out on. But, you know, again, just really thankful for the last two years of getting getting to be out there with the kids and getting full seasons in where, you know, we didn't have to wear masks. We were less worried about things like that. Um, it was definitely, definitely a nice change. I mean, it, it it's it feels like we're, you know, as as close to back to normal as as we could be. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I know there are still some things that uh, will probably never, you know, go back to the way they were. But um, I, I mean, I it, it's. Um, it felt like a normal year all the way around. Like I, you know, um, I, I really didn't think twice about, you know, what was going on, where I was going, you know, I, and maybe that's good or bad. I, I don't know. Maybe I should have been <laughs> more aware of some things, but I, I don't know. Um, but I, I guess, you know, you mentioned that, that, you know, the numbers are kind of maybe still in limbo in some places. Um, what, what have you mostly noticed? Like, do you know, like for, for your guys or, or the girls, at Derry Field or maybe some, you know, within the Tomahawks, um, you know, some of those younger age groups, um, are they like, are, are some of them, come, like how quickly does it come back? I guess I think that's something we might have asked ourselves, you know, back in 2020, how quickly did things rebound? Do you have any kind of feel for that? Well, the other thing, you know, the other thing that we've seen, you know, at least on the club side is that, you know, the, the feeder, the traditional feeder programs from towns like, uh, Bedford, Wyndham, uh, you know, Exeter, um, you know, just, you can dairy, you know, you can name all kinds of different towns that traditionally have had strong youth programs. Those have gone down. And some of that is some of that was because of COVID. And also some of it is you had long time, you know, parents that were running those programs for a long time and then their kids aged out. And then all of a sudden, you know, COVID hits, maybe nobody takes it over or it's like everybody's looking around saying, okay, who, who's going to take this over? Right. And nobody does it. So it's going to take some time. You need, you need leadership to step up and you need parents invested in, in running those programs. So um, it's hard. It's kind of hard to say, like, you know, it, without knowing who's stepping up to take those programs, um, take those programs over. You don't know when they're, you don't know when they're going to bounce back. I think the numbers will, I mean, I, th- I think the numbers will start to come back, but in terms of, um, you know, what, what towns are producing talent and therefore what, what high schools in the future are going to be on the rise a um, little bit early to still tell on that side. You know, you mentioned too, the fact that it's a, a sport where, where it takes a certain skill set in order to play it. It's not like, um, you know, basketball where you, you, you shoot the, you, you just need a basketball and a hoop to play. Um, you know, and, and, and what comes to mind too, is you mentioned, you mentioned the Hall of Sportline program. And I remember talking to their athletic department, you know, people in their athletic department at the beginning of the year, you know, cause their girls numbers were down as well this season. You know, what, what was going on? Are kids just not coming out? And it's, they, their feeling was, or their thought was that kids were going to other sports, specifically track, you know, and where it's a sport that, you know, as difficult as it can be, it doesn't require you to have the same skill set as lacrosse or baseball or tennis. And maybe that's just, you know, I, I wonder if that's a similar trend in maybe other schools that have, 
you know, s- somewhat successful track programs, if they're drawing in some kids who maybe just they want to participate in a sport, but they, you know, you know, you reach a certain point in in high school, I think, where you you don't necessarily want to try something new because you don't want to look silly at it, right? Well, that's what we, exactly that's what we've been saying, right? And I I think sports like a track program, you know, uh, if you have a rowing program, if you have, you know, things like that, that where, okay, I can come out and I can, I, I know I can throw, I know I can run. I know, you know, potentially I could learn how to row things like that a little bit easier and, and, and a little bit less entry fee, right? Like lacrosse, we've talked about it before. Lacrosse is not an inexpensive sport, right? You've got to have a helmet, you got to have gloves, you got to have pads, you know, you got to buy cleats, uh, you got to have stick, <laughs> you know, Joe Pru can only do so much over a prolax customs, <laughs> sure. you know? And so there, there is, you know, similar to hockey, there is an entry barrier for, you know, a financial entry barrier for a lot of, a lot of kids and families to get in there too. It's why I know I try and, you know, I, I tap my alumni all the time and say, guys, you know, if you, if you're no longer using your helmets, your gloves, if you have sticks, if you have things you can donate back, we'd really appreciate it because, you know, as much as I, I get it, everybody thinks we're a private school and we have all this money. I still have a budget for, for every sport. Right. And we don't have, I, I just can't be handing out sticks and helmets and other things, you know, um, willy nilly to people. So we rely on that. And I think a lot of towns do that too, where they, they have sort of a, a give back program for, so that kids can try it and parents aren't making that, you know, hundred, if not thousand dollar investment into, into their kids before they even know if their kids like it. You know, I, I think that's a huge, I, I agree with you. I think that's a huge entry barrier to, to get numbers back up again too, is, do people have access to the equipment and things like that? Well, what, were there any other things that kind of stood out to you this year, uh, whether, you, you know, things that you liked or you didn't like about what happened? And I, and I don't mean specifically just with your guys, uh, with your program, but, I mean, were there any any things that happened during the season, um, you know, that we maybe didn't talk about as much um, that you were, I don't know, that, that, that phased you one way or the other? Well, off the top of my head, I mean, we, we touched on it on multiple podcasts and talked about it, but thing, things I definitely didn't like, um, you know, both as an AD and as a coach, I thought, um, I don't know how this is going to come off sounding, but I, I really was disappointed in, in fan behavior and both parents and kids. Like, I just think we need to get back to um, being kind, right? And, and cheer, for, cheer for our teammates, cheer for our programs. But there was a lot of, uh, just for lack of a better word, there was a lot of meanness going yeah, around. Yeah. And, um, you know, it directed at other teams, directed at other fans, directed especially directed at officials. Um, and so I really hope going forward that people can get back to um, just cheer for your cheer for your own team, cheer for cheer for your teammates, uh, cheer for your kids if you're a parent, right? And and stay away stay away from that other stuff. You know, it doesn't help anybody. And it's a it's a terrible look for for everyone involved with that. And, you know, the other thing is, you know, we talked about it a lot. There were times where there were not enough officials this year or officials who are trying to help out from other sports that really don't know the game. Right. And and so in order to attract new officials into the game, we we've got to start having a little bit more understanding with with those officials and, and helping them to learn and grow and not jumping all over them every time, uh, you know, they do make a mistake, you know? Um, so those are, those are definitely things I didn't like. Um, I did like the fact that, um, you know, uh, more games, it's, it felt like, uh, more kids, um, were getting opportunities to play this year, um, in terms of, you know, just, uh, I'm like, I'm losing, I'm losing my train of thought, Joe. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> no, not. I think I, I know what you mean though. Like there, it felt like, um, 
you know, and and I I I just you know I I just finished um, putting together my my all state teams uh, earlier today, and uh, I, I'll tell you, like I thought it was going to be a little bit easier this year, and it, it wasn't. Um, there were a lot of good players. There out were a there lot of hard choices. There were very to good make. players. Um, yeah, and there, I you know, and and, and I I. I think it's, um, you know, th- there's just the level of, of talent, um, you know, among the, the top tier of players um, has, it, it's closer than I think maybe it has been in the past. Like, there's a lot of really good athletes. There's always been, you know, a lot of really good lacrosse players in the state, but I feel like it's it's getting, there's in all three divi- In all three divisions. Yeah, yeah. You know, there were some very, there were some very good players, obviously in division one, but then, you know, in D2, especially, and then in D3, you know, I, I think, yeah. I'll, I'll be interested, I'm very interested to see your, your All-State. When, when's that coming out, Joe? Uh, they were, they, well, when, as everyone's listening to this, they should be up, um, I, they may. I think I scheduled them to go up Monday afternoon, so they might have been posted. These are your. Uh, these are your. Teams, now these are the, the teams. The coaches. Pick, no, the teams the that I I put pick. together on on my own uh, with help from, you know, I I, I emailed, uh, you know, uh, about ten days ago every coach in the state, and asked for some feedback, some input, just to maybe love it. You know, help me out with some things. I heard back from a few coaches, um, not everyone. Um, you know, and I, I went off of that. What my uh, my opinions and my feelings of watching, you know, kids this year, how they did, you know, inputted some stuff from like the all state, all American uh, voting as well, um, and and yeah, came up with uh, three all state teams and an all freshman team for boys and girls. Those are up on the website, you know, as we speak. So um, please check those out and feel free to. Uh, you know, share your thoughts. Although I guess based off what, what coach, what you were just saying, maybe try to be a little bit nicer with your feedback. Um, (laughs) Come up with something constructive. Uh, Don't just call me an idiot. uh, No matter how true that may be. Um, But (laughs) uh, yeah, that was a lot tougher. And I kind of get what you're saying is that, that there are, you know, there are more kids who are, you know, maybe, maybe the numbers aren't where they were, but the kids that are playing are getting pretty good. They're getting really, yeah. I mean, I think I think we've kind of said that um, for a while now that like that you know the state is produced out of any other sport, lacrosse is producing the most high level you know uh, college commitments of any other sport in the state right now. I I, I feel bad if I'm missing. I can't. I mean, can you think of any other sport, Joe? I, the, no, I mean baseball might be up there, um, but definitely not the depth. I think uh, in terms of of you know, there's maybe a couple of top kids that are. Are playing, um, go, are going, you know, well, especially at the, I was gonna say, especially at the D1 level, yeah, right? Like, yeah. I, I can't think of any other sport that's sending kids D1 more than lacrosse right now. No, I, I, don't, um, I don't and I might be is. biased, but I mean, I, I think, <laughs> you know, I, I, yeah, I, it'd be interesting to see if somebody could put that together if there was a database someplace where we could look at that. No, I think, I think that's right. Um, you know, I, I want to go back too to what you were saying about just the behavior too, and I, I agree. I would agree with you, like that there were definitely some things this past year that were, you know, very cringeworthy uh, at the very least to the point of I can't I can't believe I'm hearing this. Um, and and I know I, I said that about the officials a couple weeks ago, and and I still I, I still feel that way. I still think that that's true. I I don't understand how you can, you know, berate someone. And expect them to keep coming back for more um, like that. And, and, and I, I will say, you know, nothing's ever perfect. But you know what is is happens almost a thousand percent is uh, calls don't get overturned because you you yell at the official and you have some quirky or, or unique comeback to, to a call that they made. 
all it does is is you know get people mad and and I, I just I don't know I, I I'm with you there I really I really I, hope I to think, see that change. I think parents need to do I think parents need to do a real look in the mirror in terms of what you know these are not professional uh, umpires right or officials they are getting paid. $90 for a varsity game and $70 for a JV game. I'm sure somebody's going to, I'm sure somebody's going to tell me, well, that's a lot of money. They, they it's not a <laughs> lot of money. Lot. It's really not, not for that treatment well, for the amount of, for the amount of time and the treatment. And you know, when you factor in gas and everything else, like these guys are basically doing it because they want to stay involved in the sport. That that's really what, that's really what it's all about for them. So, you know, it, it's just, you really need to keep that in check because eventually we are like, we're just not going to be able to play because we're not going to have officials, Yeah. you know? So it's, um, but anyway, I, I think we've, I think we've done enough on that topic. Sure. Um, we, that's a, yeah. That we'll leave that till, uh, till the end of next year now. Yeah. Um, yeah. all right. Well, speaking, let's, let's, let's dive into, uh, to 2024 if we can, uh, let's do real it. quick. Um, you know, as we, we like to do, um, we kind of, take a quick look over the rosters from, from this year, kind of see who's returning, um, you know, take a guess at might, who might be the top teams in, in the following season. So 2024, you know, let's start with division one. Um, and, and it starts with, with, you know, not only is BG going for a, a, a four Pete, uh, they're going for what would be a record 13th overall title in division one. Um, and I guess I guess the big question will be for the next few, you know, next um, uh, not quite a year, let's say like ten months. Uh, who's going to stop them? Well, um, I mean, I, I off the top of your head, right? It's going to be really difficult, right? I sure. think you know both Exeter and Pinkerton lose some really good players. Um, I think Bedford took a step forward this year. I think Londonderry took a step forward this year. Um, but again, I think you're going to have the same issue, you know, depth, depth coming back, uh, on the side of BG is, is definitely going to be on their side. Um, you know, uh, looking at guys coming back next year, you know, Caleb Young, the Dumont brothers, uh, Jizokas, Dunsmore, you know, you just keep going down and down. They've got, they've got goaltenders for days, Kevin Broderick. Um, and that's just on the, that's just on the offensive side of things. Um, you know, uh, a strong face-off circle, Apollo Vasquez in the face-off circle. Um, you know, they're, they're well positioned to, to go after that again next year. Don't you think? Oh, absolutely. I mean, on the one hand you look at it and, and you say, you know, depending on who's out on the field, they're graduating an entire starting lineup basically. Um, you know, with the exception of, of, like you mentioned the Dumont's, I think those, if you were to, you know, put it, you know, your, your starting lineup out there, um, you know, those are the guys that I think could still be there. Um, and then, and, but then you're right. The guys behind him, you got Will Murphy's back. You could, you, know, you could have started, you could have made another varsity team from yeah. the guys that were behind them. Exactly. This year, you know, um, it, it's so you're right. It is, you know, they may take a hit. They may, you know, take a step back and, and have to, where I think it might, where I think it might hurt. And again, I don't know. It depends on, you know, they just, those kids will develop where it may hurt them is if, you know, when they play the out of state schedule, sure. right. Will they be, will they be as strong? Will they have as much depth there? But I think in state, um, you know, there are, there are some teams like we talked about, um, you know, I think, I think Pinkerton again, you know, they're going to recall Frank returning their helps, um, you know, but they, they lose guys like Joey Gallo, um, Ryan Lynch, you know, guys like that, that were, that were big time scorers for them. Um, you know, how they, how they replace those guys is, is going to be a well, little bit, you know, they, they've got to have some guys step up. Yeah. And, and they, that, they that, lose that. big guys on the other side of the Michael Uber. Yeah. Yep, Cam, uh, Lee, Cam, Cam Leeds, Leeds, both goalies, yep. Curtis Michaud and uh, 
Tyler will blank both seniors. Violi, Violi on attack. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they, yeah. But again, you know, they're, they're, they're one of those programs where, you know, strong town, strong town team, um, you know, they've got a good feeder program. Guy, guys will step up there, but they've got a little rebuilding to do too. Um, but I, I expect them still to be strong next year. Yeah, I would say, uh, you know, you mentioned Bedford too, and I would almost, you know, given what uh, the underclassmen on that te- on the Bulldogs yeah. roster this year, you know, those would be that would probably be the team that I would pick today um, to probably have, you know, that. that I think they've hand. got a great. Yeah, they've got a great chance. They've got a great chance to uh, to take that next step and go a little bit further into get into the final four and, and, and you know possibly make a run at, at the at the the title game there. Um, you know, guys like Bennett Matthews and and Brody Helton as freshmen made made big impacts for them. Um, you know, I, I'd expect a kid like uh, Brian Riccio on defense. You know, for him to continue to develop. Kevin Sheridan's going to be a senior next year on defense. Derek Caliza on attack is going to be going to be a senior next year. Um, both you know, goalies goal are tending, back too. Yeah, both. I was gonna say both oh. goalies got got some good experience this year. Um, you know, they're they're a program that um, is definitely taking taking steps in the right direction there. Uh, and then I I don't know is it too early to to look for a dark horse? It might be too early to look for a dark horse. I, I think that it might we'll, be a little early. Yeah. It might be a little early for a dark horse. We'll, res- horse, right, we'll, but, um, we'll reserve that for uh, for next March. Um, but. You know, I, I still think a team like I still think a team like Exeter is going to be there. You know, they have a strong they have a strong junior class, um, you know, still coming up. Um, you know, you've got you've got Ethan Burnich in that. You've got Tanner Smith on on defense, um, you know, uh, Owen Owen Williams on attack. Um, so they've got some nice pieces. Will McElroy did some nice things in the faceoff circle this year, took a jump there. If he can take another jump this summer, this fall going into there. Marshall Lasowitz at midfield, right? Um, you know, those guys, I think those guys can all step up. Um, and Griffin, Griffin Lechner um, at the midfield. So, it, you know, again, it, it's not like they, they're devoid of talent next year either. Well, how about, uh, you know, in, in Division Two? Uh, obviously, both yourselves and Portsmouth lose some, some talented kids uh, from, from your championship uh, game, the, the teams that played in the championship game. Um, you know, both, I think, have enough returning. Port- Portsmouth, you know, has its probably the two most important players, you know, in, in Zach Amend and Nick Smith coming back, you know, and then. Um, yeah, but I think, I, I think I th- their midfield, their midfield, their starting line, you know, putting Zach Smith, uh, in, or uh, I'm sorry, Nick Smith, Zach Amend and, and Lucas Patton out there at midfield, all seniors. You know, that that's going to be a strong midfield. Maybe not all three of them end up playing midfield, but like that's a great starting. That's a great starting core on offense. Um, you know, I, I think both Dairyfield and Portsmouth, um, you know, are going to have work to do on the defensive ends, um, you know, uh, losing Max Deep and, um, and Gunner Shaw and, and Gunner, um, you know, I, I think those two guys, Gunner Jackson, those two guys are, are going to be big losses for them, but you know, they always seem to have defensemen that step up. They always seem to have athletes that step up, um, having Kai Patterson back in that after, after a year of development there will help them. Um, you know, so I, I do, I fully expect them to be back in the mix. Um, you know, a guy I was really impressed with as the season went along Briggs Catino at attack, you know, I think he's quick, he's shifty. Um, you know, I expect him to have a big year next year. Um, you know, so they're, they're going to be, they'll be a strong team again next year for sure. Yeah. As I think, you know, your guys will, your, your crew will be as well as you mentioned the defense losing a lot of guys on that side of the ball. Um, you know, but I think maybe what it does is maybe it just kind of closes the gap 
um, <clears throat> excuse me, between maybe the two of you and, and everyone else in the division a little bit. You sure. Because a lot you of know, other, I think I, yeah, I was just gonna say a lot of other teams, um, you know, are returning. You know, they lose some guys, but are returning some good junior classes. Um, you know, to to step up and and um, you know make a better challenge. I think than maybe maybe this year or the year before. You know, I, I, I think um, I, I would expect, you know, it, with an influx of talent, you know, some some kids coming up from the middle school. I think I think College Brookline could be a very dangerous team next year. Um, you know, they they, they do lose uh, Tommy Anderson, Tommy Anderson, um, you know, very good player there. But, you know, they they weren't a very senior heavy team, um, you know, and I think they returned some some players in, in key positions that 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 could allow them to take a big step next year and um, and be one of those contenders. Um, you know, and I can't believe I, 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 I'm definitely not overlooking. I think, I think Timberlane's going to be strong again next year. Um, they do lose some good players, but, um, you know, offensively Braden Bowman is probably the biggest loss for them, but yeah. they return an awful lot of talent on the offensive end of the field next year. Have a, uh, a, a huge question mark to your huge hole to fill in goal, uh, with, with Brady Marston gone, but. Uh-huh. They do, but they've been developing guys underneath, and I don't expect I don't expect a huge drop off there. Um, I, I think they've got some guys underneath that that'll be there, but um, you know, again, I, I think you know they they've got they do lose a few defenders, but like overall, when you have when you have a, a Garrett Shivel coming, a Gary Shivel coming back, um, you know, I, I think they're going to be okay. I think they're going to be able to put the ball in the back of the sure. net, and I think they're going to be I think they're going to be excellent next year. You know, a team I'd keep my eye on. Uh... It looks like Wyndham. Um, I know they're losing eight or nine seniors, but um, you know the goalie's back for them. Casey Kramer, he had a huge, he had a very good year this year uh, yeah. against Portsmouth. Yeah. Um, you know, not a lot of other nice pieces um, returning. Uh, Andrew Trudel on on defense too. Um, certainly a, an early uh, defensive early player defensive of the year player candidate. of the year. Yeah. yeah, candidate for sure. Um, for sure. Yeah, just I, I, you know, they they lose like I said important guys like Drew Denton. Uh, Brian Desmaris, yep. um, just DPHRL that... had a good, he had a really yeah. good year this year. Um, you know, I, I, I agree. They have a strong, they have a very strong junior class that will be seniors coming up. And, um, you know, they, they had a very good year this year too. Um, you know, they kind of flew under the radar a little bit, um, last year. And, um, you know, I, I, I think they are, I think they're going to be a very strong Jake Silveris, uh, Silveris was only a, a freshman this year. He was really good. Uh, Josh Trudell was only was only a freshman this year. You know they, they're going to be. I, I think I agree. I think if you wanted to pick a dark horse early, um, and I don't I don't know that they're necessarily a dark horse, but like I, I think they're one of those teams you're going to watch out for for sure. No, they're not. They're I I would say my if I was picking a dark horse now for Division Two, <clears throat> it would probably be uh, Oyster River Newmarket. Um, yeah, I like that. I like that. Just call. three seniors. Uh, they had a ton of freshmen that contributed this year. Um, you know, uh, I think what they were the seventh seed, right? Hosted a playoff game, got to ten wins, um, and and with a lot of those guys back, I, I... yeah, Ty Cal- Ty Calendar, Jaden Smart, uh, Alex Moody, all got time. I mean, they were essentially starting an entire freshman freshman attack line sure. by you yeah. know by the se- by season's end. There, they're they're only going to get better. Evan Plored, you know, we're we're hoping that he will he'll he'll come back from his, from his injury, um, you know, and he'll he'll be a senior next year for them. Um, you know, the midfield's going to get stronger. Um, they do lose Sam Gilmet, but but uh, you know they they also had um, 
can't remember off the top of my head, but they they had a they had a guy that had been specializing in, in starting to specialize in, in faceoff work and and was getting better and better as the season went along. So, you know, I I, I agree. I think they're going to be a team to to look out for next year. Any other uh, thoughts on D two before we uh, we move on to to D three? Any anybody else that you think? Um... You well, know. sure. I mean, I, I think you can't, you, you can never, you can never overlook, you know, St. Thomas, um, you know, returning arguably two two of the best offensive players uh, in Jackson Estes and in Finley Detola. Um, you know, I think they're, they, they've got some guys, they graduate a lot on the defensive end of the field. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I think that's a program that, you know, consistently gets the most out of their guys and they've got some really good um, offensive talent there. So I, I think that's a team to look out for. And then, um, you know, I know it was a team you were kind of high on this year too. Watching them develop throughout the season is, is Sauhegan, right? right? And kind yeah. of like do do the athletes coming back um, take that next step? JJ Bright at the midfield, right? Having a healthy Cole Manning as a, as a senior, you know, do those do, are is there enough there? Do they do they get enough guys playing in the off season to maybe take a step forward there? They were a, they were a hard out by the end of the year, they right? Were, like yeah. they they were they were a very very good team. Um, at the end of the year, I do think again they're gonna they're they're gonna have um, same kind of problem they've been having the last couple of seniors. They seem to find a senior goaltender every year to come in and and get the job done, but then they got to have somebody new next year, right? And so, yeah. I, I, it, judging off the roster that they had for the playoffs, I don't know what's underneath, but like that's that's going to be an issue for them again next year I, as well. I feel like they had a, a freshman that was forced to start against you guys this year, um, but I could be wrong about that. Okay. Uh, you know, that's, uh, you're right. The two, two goalies listed on their playoff roster are both seniors. Uh, so that's not, yeah, that doesn't uh, bode as well for the future. You know, a couple other guys, uh, Brett, Brett Bouvier for them too, um, on defense. An excellent year on defense. uh, Aiden McGrath at midfield. Um, he was turning into a, uh, legit uh scoring threat for them by the end of the year um so yeah definitely some nice things going on there and their numbers look look like they they look like they're in pretty good shape too you know the other the only other team you know the team that every year coach snow gets the most out of his guys i think um you know i I thought he did a really good job with with the with his defense this year and writing the ship with that team um he's going to have the opposite problem next year you know he loses caleb white tanyan zilikowski ryan siofi um, Antonio Francioso, some some really big pieces to his offense. It'll be interesting to see, you know, he has consistently had out of all the teams we've played year after year, their JV team uh, always seems like it's it's the most well coached. They've got actually, you know, some pretty good talent on those teams. You know, what are the names that are going to step up for them next year that maybe we don't know now that we're going to know by midseason, right? Because I, I think there's definitely talent in that program. So I think it's a team that potentially people could look over and then be like, oh, we shouldn't have done that because they're they're <laughs> they always you know they always seem to be in the mix for yeah. for defense. Um, yeah, Winnicott Winn- definitely. Um, you, you mentioned that though. I feel like the last couple of years they've gone back and forth where it's okay. This year the offense is back, and then this year right, the defense right. is back. Exactly. So hopefully, get that on uh, all on the same page there. You know, um, and 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 just in, in Division Three, um, you know, it felt like all year. Uh, you know, Bo and Campbell were up there at the top of the standings, of course, but it really felt like it could have been anybody's game. You end up with the five seed in Hopkinton winning it. Um, you know, and, and just looking over some of the rosters of these top teams, there are seniors graduating, but a lot of teams, including Bo, Campbell, Hopkinton, they've got a nice mix coming back. I, and I don't know, you know, at this point, I don't think there's any one team that I would look at and say, 
okay, they're maybe my favorite, um, you know, going into, into the off season. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think Bo, you know, returned, you know, got some experience when, when obviously, and they'll have a little bit of chip on their shoulder. Right. And they, they definitely ended a little bit earlier than they, they wanted to. Um, but with the McCabe brothers coming next year, uh, coming back next year, being seniors, um, Bradley Ekstrom and goal, you know, coming back, um, Sam Bennett was only a freshman this year. Um, guys like that, I think are, are, gonna, you know, they, to me, they would, they would be, um, I, I don't know. I, if I had, if you had to put me on the spot and pick a preseason favorite right now, I'd probably go with Bo. Yeah. Um, well, all right. I got, I think you just did. <laughs> it'll be interesting to see they do you know they do lose some hollis jones at the midfield ben baruby on attack you know they they lose some they lose some good players but i, sure. I think they've got they've got some really good key guys coming back for them yeah, yeah. uh you know and and like i said with with hopkinton i mean they they lose uh a huge guy a huge piece in steven reedy uh on defense but they had two other guys step up this year in in uh cam bassett and uh oh now I'm I lost his name where to go uh um Cam Bassett and there and then I'm I'm draw, oh Avery Condon who were both um juniors both all state players this year um coming back on defense along with you know as we talked about uh a goalie who uh, was in his first year playing and Colby Boise who now has a year of experience and a championship under his belt to you know to to give at least something for Hopkinton to build on You know, other te- other teams, uh, other teams there. You know, Campbell. Um, you know, still a deep. You know, deep roster. Did have did have some senior. Did have some seniors on on there. But you know, returning a lot of a lot of good players. Ryan Garrett and goal is going to be the probably the the biggest the biggest loss and biggest question mark for them. You know, do they have someone that can step up there? But they return an awful lot of players. They you know, do. a team that team that'll be team that'll be hungry to get back to that championship game again. There, um, Lucas Craig in the faceoff circle will be big for them. Um, you know, they definitely, they'll definitely be in the mix again next year as well. I would think so. Uh, all right. Well, uh, I think that might, uh, just about wrap us up for, uh, for this week and this year, uh, this season feels really weird that we're already talking about, or that we are talking about that, that we're done, uh, with the 2023, uh, lacrosse season. Crazy, man. It, it flew by, um, incredibly, incredibly fast, um, had a blast like we talked about you know loved being out there every day with the kids um obviously when you get to win the championship at the end of the year it makes it even better <laughs> but um you know just just thankful that like we talked about that we had the opportunity to get out there and, and play as normal after you know everything that this senior class went through you know as eighth graders and as ninth graders losing losing that season there so um yeah wonderful season and thanks again as always joe i really enjoy being a part of it and thank you thank you for having me uh, thank you for doing it it's always a always a pleasure to have you on and and definitely appreciate all your insights and and your help with these uh and and certainly thanks for uh, letting me tag along with you guys all year uh doing the season uh still got one more looking forward to, to the go. last episode coming yep. out this week right uh that yep that'll be out uh tuesday afternoon uh wrapping up everything with a nice big bow on it um you know got a few other things coming up too uh i'll do a couple of uh follow-up stories from the twin state games this past weekend um got a chance to go up to see those in hanover and then um yeah just kind of doing a a a, maybe a a little bit longer written piece on uh on taking a look at ahead at next year where i'll uh i'll i may even make some predictions on playoff teams for next year love it 
All right. Well, All right. Keep an eye out for those. And uh, Chris, thanks again for doing this. Uh, enjoy the rest of your time out in uh, in San Diego, and, and good luck. Thank you. And he is uh, he's Derry Field Boys Lacrosse Coach and AD Chris Hetler. I'm Joe Marcellina. Thanks for listening to us this season, and we will talk to you soon.